Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Sundance Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Merchant. Matt, no love, no vuv. <laughs> yeah. Today we are reviewing Corey Finley's Landscape with Invisible Hands, starring Tiffany Haddish, Asante Black, Kylie Rogers, Josh Hamilton, Michael Gandolfini, William Jackson Harper, and the Viv. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you guys might know Corey Finley. He directed a film uh, titled Thoroughbreds uh, with Anya Taylor Joy and Olivia uh, Cook. Olivia Cook and the late Anton Yelchin. Uh, yes, uh, from a few years ago, uh, the film premiered at Sundance. Uh, I don't. Does it have a distributor yet? UA. Oh, it's MGM. Yeah, right? yeah, it's MGM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Plan B is the um, the production company and Annapurna as well, co-production. Yeah. So uh, that means maybe. It pops up on amazon i don't know how that works now that amazon owns mgm so well i think uh, some mgm releases do get theatrical go, releases yeah. um like through you other look at distributors right yeah because you look at something like uh women talking right yeah which is also the same studio right and Universal i never know Pictures because canada it, released it in yeah canada. I never know like what when the deals were before the Amazon acquisition and stuff like that because you'd think this would just be branded a you know a prime video movie if it was going to Amazon which it was not so I'm not quite sure it's probably going to get a theatrical release but uh Eric how are you I'm good Matt we're we're you know still kind of uh rolling with the punches here when it comes to Sundance so we'll be releasing content for the next couple of days Probably and we using that yeah. word sometimes content but reviews hashtag content uh, yeah. hashtag content um so this is going to be uh, a little bit of um you know a bombardment of last minute sundance uh reviews on untitled movie reviews but we uh apologize for not getting there sooner just been dealing with some family stuff and also just you know uh, it's, life it's hard in when general. you're when you're trying to watch this many movies we both netted out around 15 ish films um that's a lot in a small amount of time, as well as trying to record and do everything. I'm almost found with sometimes with these um, screening at home things. It's like, just get the movies out, watch as much as possible, and then uh, get the reviews out after. Because I still think they're pretty relevant and, and stuff like that. But uh, yes, if you guys have no idea what Landscape with Invisible Hand is, here's the plot via Wikipedia. In a near future in which an alien species known as the Vuv have taken over Earth, an aspiring teenage artist and his girlfriend hatch a scheme to make money by broadcasting their dating life to the fascinated aliens in the wake of Vuv's labor-saving technology. Uh, but the two teens slowly come to hate each other and can't break up without bankrupting their families. Um, yeah, a weird little movie. Uh, Very for sure. strange. Um some good, some bad. Uh, I did like quite a bit of this, but Eric, I'll, I'll kick it back over to you. Uh, what did you think of landscape with an invisible hand? Conceptually contemplative, but emotionally disconnected. And honestly, yeah. you're watching the film and you're more fascinated by the world building in which humans and the Vov cohabitate and their sort of cooperation or disconnect throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And the the problem with this film, and I think why ultimately it's a, it's a mixed negative review coming from me at least, is that you're watching this thing and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I'm more impressed by the, you know, the 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 obvious kind of metaphors to gentrification and capitalism and the idea of phasing out 
uh, redundancy and the redundancy being uh, human workers in this case. Yeah. And it, it will remind you of things like District 9. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, the Independence Day I sequel. Of District 9. Yeah. Uh, Joe Dante's um, Explorers, where we see, you know, how human beings adopt new technology and it can be both a negative and positive within uh, a modern setting. And so with that, you see how characters within this world are even more divided than they've ever been to the point where, you know, the 1% live on floating sort of landscapes that Spain kind of ships almost. It's, like... It almost weirdly reminds you of, of, of the utopian society in uh battle angel Alita, yeah. where, you know, the people want to get to the top, but most of which are at the bottom. And then you have, these power dynamics and shifting kind of um, concerns within the microcosm of this smaller community uh, that we watch sort of this one family in particular, you know, living their life, but then also trying to be helpful to another that's in need and how, again, like this weird upstairs downstairs dynamic kind of forms um, between these two kind of, um, passive-aggressive rivaling families. And when you're watching mm-hmm. this thing, again, there's, there's a lot there to kind of contemplate and 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 be fascinated by. But when you get to the actual core of the story, the emotions of it, the, the you know, um, the, the preservation of, of these characters, you're not really at all interested in them as people. Invested, you know, yeah. You know, they're, they're more... I don't even say caricature, but they're, they're more examples than anything else to kind of give you the gist of what this world is. I think Corey Finley is a very good filmmaker, even though I didn't like this movie as much or his last movie, which was an HBO film, uh, bad education. Oh yeah. I did like bad education more than you did, but, but there is some, there is something there where like his focus on sort of, again, the world feels fulfilled. It's just, the actual core of the human emotions isn't really there. Yeah, I'm a thousand percent with you. I've always liked Corey Finley's vibes. Um, Not completely. Like there was something like I love the vibe of Thoroughbreds. I like the vibe of Bad Education because I remember that movie, seeing it with you at TIFF as well. Um, Something off kilter or strange about all three of these movies that like where the vibes are off, but there is a vibe to them. And whether that's a good or bad thing is ultimately subjective. But each one of those movies, I never quite knew how to feel throughout them. And um, I think I ultimately like liked Thoroughbreds, but didn't like it. I think I was surprised by Bad Education, but never thought about it again. Um, and then with this, there was something like stylistically that I always like in his in his films and his filmmaking. But I completely agree with you that like, you know, the weirdness and kind of that world building and kind of the sp- things he's talking about whether it's you know like uh, you know, labor and 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 classes and, and and stuff like that even in in a world where you're abducted not abducted uh, overtaken by an alien race um you still have the you know bureaucratic nature of aliens could be suing you or or you owe them money and there's still yeah all these capitalist kind of themes and and things like that where I thought that was very interesting where they were studying humanity. So when they came here, they adopted a lot of that and just kind of continued it, but in their own ways. So it's got this kind of weird vibe to it, especially with the the paintings from the, from the lead 
um, Adam and um, and then how that kind of plays throughout the film. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you that you just never really get emotionally invested in either of the two families that you're seeing in that relationship, kind of in um, Adam's kind of journey of, of, of being an artist or what he's trying to do throughout the, throughout the film as well, where um, I think I'm more interested in those weird style choices or the design of the Vuv, or like I said, the meetings on the alien spacecraft and like all this kind of stuff where it's just got this kind of weird vibe to it. And the design of those creatures are funny and, and off-putting. Um, when you finally get to see them and um, and some of the tech stuff is like, you know, it, it's very relatable based on even stuff like even like you said, automation and and, you know, workers being put out of their jobs because they can just be done by, you know, AI or a robot is something that we deal with right now. So to utilize like aliens coming in and doing that as well, I think is an interesting angle, um, you know, live streaming like is a very prominent thing in our lives, Twitch and, and YouTube and everything of just live streaming your life life's uh, vlogs and things like that so to kind of see how this alien race is fascinated with humans and that if you just stream your life to them you can kind of make money and that's how people it, it is an interesting you know um social commentary even on today in today's modern society right like there is something there of like that there are no real jobs and you have to kind of live stream your life for entertainment to make money right like i think that's kind of an interesting kind of angle but the film never quite you know gets there uh, to your point of like caring about this relationship between these two young kids caring about this kind of class not warfare but kind of class structure with this family who was homeless who came and lives in in their basement tiffany haddish is always one of those people that like i like her like i really do but whenever i see her pop up in a movie it could go either way <laughs> where i'm like i i don't know if her acting chops are quite there for some of the like emotional kind of stuff they they try to get out of her sometimes um and then this family that moves in i just there were some times where i'm like i would kick these fucking people out of my house immediately i'm sorry but like the way that they're acting sometimes i'm like it doesn't feel believable even in this world that you would continuously let them be there like you have michael gandolfini playing the son of of josh hamilton right um, yeah and josh hamilton's probably best and, known to, for a lot of people now um as the the kind dad in eighth grade in eighth grade yeah that's what i remembered him from he's been in lots of stuff but that's kind of the thing that most people would recognize him from and even michael gandolfini it took me a second to realize it was him and then uh they're just assholes sometimes and just entitled. And I just like, I, I'm sure they're trying to say something there, but I just, kind well, of, there, um, there is, I think, there's I mean, obviously in that thing. last act as well. Right. Yeah. I, I think yeah. like what it's looking at, you have this new hierarchy and, and you know, the, the, the Vov who we don't see for the first little while, you know, are on the very top of the scale and then humans are at that the are bottom living. Yeah. Some of them, which are living that there. Are living, yeah. But then that's even interesting. Cause I think, there's a moment where you know the 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 two lead characters the 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 teenagers they they go to visit Shirley uh one of the vovs and their driver used to be a surgeon and the surgeon talks about how you know his job as 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 a doctor didn't pay as much as being a limo driver for this vov yeah, and vov, that yeah. you know like 
his his time could be better used to help and save people, but because the salary is so much higher, and it's that's also a way the above right? can show their wealth, right? Like exactly which people in prominent positions and demoting them. And you can apply that to modern day society, right? There's many yeah. situations where you're whether you want to apply that to being an athlete or a movie star of like people who get paid much more when you could be contributing more to society doing yeah. something else. And I'm not saying sports and entertainment doesn't contribute to society, but like I do think that there's something interesting there. And that's why I kind of I'm on that mixed negative side with you, too, because I kept going back and forth on it. Yeah. And then going back to hierarchy, you have this dynamic of a black family living on the top floor and a white yeah. family living in the basement. And obviously the Michael Gandolfini character is the one that's kind of representing the the resentment and hate and the ignorance. Um, and Josh Hamilton's character is too, but in a more kind of subtle way where it's like he feels that he's done everything right and he should be entitled to having the success as being an accountant because that was his job you know before everything you know shifted and changed with the vov coming and, and kind of changing the way that the world works and so that is an interesting dynamic in itself but again it feels like you're watching a really interesting sort of thesis uh, statement more than uh, a fully integrated film that kind of balances both of those things out. And when you're watching it, you're thinking to yourself again, it's really impressively done. It's, it's, it's beautifully shot. I think the one thing that is incredible about this movie is Michael Abel's score. Um, the yeah. same composer who has worked good. with Jordan Peele uh, most recently on Nope. And there is that kind of like B movie sci-fi kind of feel yeah. to it, but then it kind right of does there. some really interesting things with you know there's more emotion in that score than there is in the film and you mentioned that the 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 photos that the lead character is painting yeah they kind of work as chapter breaks in in a way do, to yeah. kind of help you kind of know like what's going on and what's being represented there is one really strong sequence that's also ends on a very strange note but works really well that features william jackson harper uh in a small role that i think um again it's almost like that one scene works better than the whole movie in terms of the idea of, of a, an estranged parent kind of coming back. And you think like maybe it's going to go in one direction, but it doesn't. And yeah, you find yourself more impressed by the design of the movie, the, 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 the scope and scale in which it's telling its story. The Vov, I do think are interesting in themselves in that they're not the typical kind of alien that we've come to know in, yeah. in horror movies or in science that fiction films Earth, yeah. where they're not probing people. They're they're the, the only probing they're doing is they're taking over in a, in a, in a capitalist manner, you know, yeah. and, and that I think is way more interesting, but then also like they talk about the first time that they kind of, found out about earth and interacted with earth. And that was in the 1950s, but they felt that earthlings weren't developed until more recently. And I find that fascinating because there's a scene where Tiffany Haddish and one of the Vovs are watching fifties television and the way that the Vov interprets how, you know, people should behave is the way that men in society, a certain age group of men in society feel about how, tradition should be and you know acted even upon. that is interesting right like people in power think it, yeah. men in power that like um you know still act like it should be the 1950s and and how people should be you know how men should act and how women should act and i think all of that 
adds up for really interesting. And it, this is going to be a theme in a few of these movies that we've watched. We already did Fair Play, and and you guys can check out our review uh, for Cat Person as well. Where I feel Michael like Michael Gandolfini's in that too. <laughs> all three of those movies, I feel like, all have interesting nuggets uh, as well as this one. Um, they just don't quite hit the mark and there's something off about all three of them in my opinion i know you liked fair play a little bit more than i did but but i'm um, still on that level of kind of like a kind of a a mid-range kind of movie that maybe is a bit overblown now because it was picked up by netflix for 20 million dollars but these movies are more i think interesting to talk about than they are than they are yeah i agree and i feel like they're worth watching all three uh to have those conversations, but I still don't like recommend them as like for entertainment or even like to get, you know, some of the things that it wants to get out. I don't think it quite does in all three of those movies it, but they're there for you to kind of take and go, it was almost there and they could have done something. (laughs) It could have done something interesting in all of those films. And um, so ultimately I'm going to give the film a 2.5, um, I like its style. I like the vov. They're weird. The movie overall is kind of weird. I agree. I like the cinematography and the score and stuff like that. But then it's it's how it utilizes its themes and its story and and stuff like that. It just doesn't quite come together. So I'm at a two point five. Yeah, it collapses. I think by its sheer ambition in terms of building this world. And I think where a lot of it kind of falls flat is in that last act when they're trying to really cohesively put the family mm-hmm. at the forefront. And when you're watching that, you're like, I've never, I mean, not nobody's bad in this movie either. We should say that like, no, the, the performances are good, but it doesn't feel like they're, they're people in that way. And, and, and you mentioned archetypes, but like, it's just like, even then you kind of feel like, Oh, okay, like you want me to connect in that emotional way of, you know, what you, what we should be valuing the most when it comes to the world we live in now. um, And even the world that, you know, we lived in before. And it just never kind of follows through in that way. Again, it's great to talk about. There are things in the movie that are really good. And I think like that score is incredible, but it is also a two and a half for me because at the end, it just feels like the whole point of the movie never completely congeals in a way that it's like, oh, this is something that I completely got on both an emotional level, but also on a cerebral one. And that's just really unfortunate, even though there is a lot to appreciate. I totally agree. Uh, thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, as you're listening to this, episode three of The Cast of Us is available for you guys to go check out. Um, probably one of the best episodes of television of all time. I, I think that's, I don't want to, I, I mean, you've watched it at this point, uh, hopefully. Um, and you should go check out our episode. We did like a two hour after show on it, breaking down every moment. So go check out the cast of us podcast services on YouTube. Um, just a phenomenal hour and 20 minutes of television. It's fantastic. Uh, you can check out all of our other Sundance reviews. We have reviews for dr- uh, not drift. Sorry. Uh, shortcomings. <laughs> you hurt my feelings. Cat person. Fairyland. Uh, Eileen. Theater Camp, Infinity Pool, Fair Play, Magazine Dreams, Sometimes I Think About Dying, Run Rabbit Run, 
uh, and the pod generation. Uh, those are the films we saw at Sundance that we will be reviewing. Um, they'll be scattered out throughout the next week or so. So you should get one or two per day. Um, it'll be one of those surprise each day. I won't spoil everything for you. <laughs> um, go check out our newest episode of the untitled movie podcast. Uh, we did a big, uh, kind of breakdown of all the Oscar nominees. So that was a blast. It's a beefy episode as well, as well as the critics choice winners, uh, one stop shop for everything. Just head over to untitled underscore movies over on letterboxd. Uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com, And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on all the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Thank you for watching. You'll get that when you see the movie. Okay, bye everyone.